0: You're gonna start eating more snacks?
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna do it because I don't need to talk while you talk, oh, but right. now you're gonna.
0: <laughs> this is Brent Barricade's Lamers Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: Brent Barricade's Lamers Podcast. I'm Nima Martin, your host and moderator, and I'm just about to chomp into a watermelon sweet because we are professional podcasters. That's what we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I use they, them pronouns.
1: I'm Grace, I also use they, them pronouns, and I'm about to chomp into a strawberry flavored fizzy lace because I, too, am a professional podcaster and also your primary
2: researcher. <laughs> this is Stevie, your secondary researcher she has. <laughs> and they both turned to me while they took their bite <laughs> and in that moment I was the camera on the office
1: <laughs> we just Jim <gymmed> to the Stevie
2: <laughs> I have to quibble myself
1: ooh quib. I away! I don't know
2: if we'll be cut from the last episode but you can maybe hear the exact moment that I remembered that I was meant to quibble myself In a past episode, I really should be quibbling myself better than this, because I've been thinking about it for months. Um, At one point, we were talking about religion things, and I'm in no way an expert on Christianity. I have, like, studied, and my life has interacted with it a lot, but in ways that I'm, like, not trying to remember all the facts, so I will sometimes (laughs) just be like, here's some fucking Christian bullshit, (laughs) and it won't necessarily be correct. In the... Jean Valjean hanging out at funerals scene, mm. listening to the Last Rites, and I was like, the psalms! <laughs> and we then listening to that episode, I was just like, those are, like, songs, you fucking idiot! Not, like, sacraments or anything, so, they're not songs. psalms. Psalms. Songs. Well, like, a psalm is like a song. A psalm is not like the Last Rites. The psa. L M-, M is
0: not a bastard. No, it is. No. Okay. It yeah. Is. No. So
2: I, it's a word that is very Christian, and mm. that I was like, yeah, that's what that's that the is. Word for Him this. going yeah. to funerals and listening to the last rites and mm-hmm. the to dust to dust stuff, but that wasn't correct with me. Great. Thanks. <laughs> nice. I, I don't know if it. Anyone who would have known better would have cared enough. <laughs> and anyone who didn't know it definitely sounds like it could be <laughs> a yeah
1: Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Bread and Barricades, a podcast where we say things that sound like they could be legit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Talking of people who need to be called out Excellent. We rejoin um Les Miserables with um a chapter called The Idleness of Monsieur bamatabois which is another one I wasn't confident about confident about being disabled to say and I just did it and mm. I just said
2: mm. Sounds
0: just, great
1: Thanks, yeah
0: Different character to bum, t-
1: t- That's not how the letters are okay, in cool. it but I think it's the same character
0: Oh, okay so, Would you like to look at it? Yeah, sure
1: Yeah, it's different it's Oh, it's a different, different person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> okay um is it this person that's not how the letters are in this one. <laughs> so what i should have said was no that's a different word No, I mean, but, to be <laughs> but sometimes family, it's yeah. just like oh this is how french words sound yeah. right <laughs> like yeah yeah we'll do that we uh, begin this chapter with sort of a description of sort of the idle men of the bourgeoisie and the sort of the lower parts of the upper class who sort of flail and dandy and flop around and sort of ideas of um, we get sort of a yes an a, an idea of these wealthy idle men who in paris they squand they 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 go to paris to squander an income of 200,000 francs but the class of men who squander their 1500 francs in the provinces you know a, a slightly different less fashionable versions of those dandies basically um, who, you know, they're men of spirit and shoot and smoke, yawn, drink, smell of tobacco, play billiards, watch the travellers descend from their stagecoach, live in the cafe, dine at the inn, own a dog which eats scraps. You know, you get this, like, <laughs> this weird sort of idea of um, these sort of, yeah, foppish, dandyish types. You get a uh, mention of um, Felix Ptolemais, who mm. was to be finished with. Um, <laughs> Boo. Boo. Mm. Yeah, it, the uh, basically, basically, if he had stayed in the provinces, provinces, but never gone to Paris, he would have been this class of man. So yeah. we get a very idea of that. People like this are still coming back to bother Fontaine. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. This might be nice just for Nemo, who I know has interest in this this sort of things. So has got quite a good long, long description of like the particular way that fops of the time were dressed, <laughs> which is which is Excellent. quite fun. Yeah, at that period, a fop sported a high collar. A spreading karat, a watch with a fob, three superimposed waistcoats of different <laughs> colours. <laughs> The blue and red being underneath, a high-waisted olive-colored fish-tailed coat with a double row of silver buttons, sewn close together and rising up to the shoulders. A trousers of a light olive adorned with pleats on either side, always an equal number, ranging from one to 11. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs>
2: that's too many pleats. Yeah, this
1: limit never being exceeded. To which may be added low boots with metal heel caps, a narrow brimmed tall hat, a very large cane, and conversation sparkling with witticisms borrowed from the Portier of the Theatre de
0: can you imagine if hipsters nowadays were like three superimposed (laughs) waistcoats but also described in this way like as a (laughs) listicle
1: fucking brilliant
2: two olive tones (laughs)
1: two olive tones that's just like the way we dress red and white Red, red, and red and blue red and blue yeah Yikes. It's, yeah it's a big fucking life <laughs> 11 yeah i can't am sorry i'm still not over three superimposed ways <laughs> of all different colors Oh, okay um so yeah we get the idea of this um like it goes from the general description of this class of people into a specific man who is sitting in a um, outside a an officer's uh, cafe And then zooms out the scenes slightly further to a um, a woman who is prowling backwards and forwards outside the officer's um, cafe who is dressed in a low-cut evening gown with flowers in her hair. Um, She's described as prowling to and fro outside the officer's cafe. Like
0: Shaman.
1: Yes. Yeah. And actually there's another thing um, like that which is quite interesting that comes later on.
0: And also we we breezed over it in the last episode, but um, it was the first time Fontaine had been compared with animal in Madrid yeah.
2: yes. I have a whole source yeah. about uh, bestial and uh, the imagery and poverty in Lymers. Interesting. Interesting. I wasn't sure when to bring Ooh. it up, but I have studied it. Okay. I studied the blade. We could do. <laughs> <laughs> While well, you studied the book, I studied
1: the blade. <laughs> that could work very well with potential special we're going to do next episode um, because we could tie that back fr- through mm. women um, and also for uh, Mrs. Tanadiev. But it was
2: like a very excellent source. Don't worry. Yeah. I've got we're it. We're going to talk about that as a, uh, nice. as a thing. Yeah, cool,
1: cool, cool. Uh, yeah, the dandy is smoking because that's what's fashionable to do. And every time the woman passes, he like blows smoke at her and like like says something scathing about the way that she's dressed or like how ugly she is etc etc <laughs> yes he is monsieur bamatabois and she is a sad garish ghost coming and going through the through the snow who paid no attention to him but with the somber resignation of a soldier condemned to a flogging continued her silent patrols which every few minutes brought her in within range of his sarcasms which is a big mood of just walking past men ever, mm. honestly. <laughs> so after after quite a while of, you know, him shouting abuse at her and her not responding, he um creeps up behind her, scoops a handful of snow from the ground and shoves it down the back of her dress. And she um screams and turning sprang at him like a tigress, um which is which is what I thought Javert. was an interesting mm-hmm. yeah, comparison to Javert again. And she rips at his face with um like her her fingernails and, and screams and swears and um, her voice is coarsened by cheap brandy and pours out of a hideously gap-toothed mouth. We get the first This person is Fontini <laughs> <laughs> It
2: was <laughs> Dot 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 What?
1: All of the officers coming running out of the cafe and stand uh, like laughing and hooting and around the the one rather one-sided fight that is um she's knocked his hat off into the ground and that sort of thing and suddenly a tall man breaks through the circle and seizes her by her um waist dress thing um her mud-stained satin corsage that's what he (laughs) seizes her by um and and just says you know you must come with me she her eyes go glassy from being livid of fury she becomes pale and trembling with alarm she had recognized javert (laughs) um and monsieur bemattebois takes advantage of the interruption to fuck off Uh, javert shoves everyone out the way and and dragging um Fontina Long, she is not resisting of, of any of it, and all of the spectators from the officers' cafe sort of still follow them through the streets, uh, making comments and hooting with delight. The utmost extremity of degradation is the obscene merriment to which it gives rise, which is unpleasant. Um, they get into the to the police station, as it were, And um, Javert shuts the door behind them, you know, not letting the um, sightseers in. But they all try and like peek in through the windows. Fantine is is crouched in the corner of the room, um, motionless and silent, huddled like a frightened animal. The law wise, she is completely at at the mercy of him because her position is is illegal. It is not legal to be a sex worker at this time. The impression that I get from this is that this is completely at Gervais' jurisdiction, like, particularly him. He gets to make the judgment mm-hmm. on what it is. It's not something that's like there's sentencing for other than hit other than for him. This is one of those cases where he must use his formidable discretionary powers without resort to any higher authority, but with all the scruples dictated by his own rigid conscience. What he had witnessed was undi- undeniably a crime. Um, he had seen society in the person of a landowner and voter insulted and attacked in the street by a creature outside society a prostitute had assaulted a citizen he, Javert, had seen it with his own ro- own eyes he wrote on in silence so you get this idea of like the people who are powerful and in control in society sat at a desk with a candle you know, like writing out in the paper and, and Fontaine sort of crouched shivering in the in the corner of the room Mm. with no power in this situation in a very sort of literalized version of further society we've like said
0: before about yeah the the writing thing and it's Mm. coming back quite a few times which i I didn't think it would be such Mm. a big deal but like it, it literally is like when things happen writing happens I guess I guess it is Hugo being like, see, written word can make a big deal of difference, but mm. it, it is quite like an important thing in like education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. the people who can write and write well are the people who will be heard.
1: Yeah. Or listened yeah. to. Yeah. And that's like especially literalized by the fact that Fontaine can't read. Yeah. Mm. Like she has to get someone else to write her letters and read her letters because mm. she can't.
0: And also the fact that the last thing that Javert does before completing suicide is write a letter. That's his ultimate Mm. form of repentance is to write a letter. Mm.
1: And that's not something she can do. Yeah. Yeah. He turns to her and says that she will be taken to the prison by the guard and that she will be in prison for six months and she is understandably horrified because if she is in prison earning um i think it's yeah seven sous a day for six months of prison she won't be able to pay for cosette um her daughter will be turned out on the street by the tenardiers and she tries to explain to um javert what the situation is she um explains about that the gentleman who she didn't know who he was shoved snow down her back and like how is that something that anyone could do anyone could do to someone who's not bothering them you know she was trying her best to ignore all the things that he was saying to her about how ugly and, and coarse she was um, as if she didn't know that she had lost her teeth and that sort of thing. I was wrong to lose my temper about that but um, you know when you're not expecting it you lose control. I shouldn't have damaged his hat but why did he run away? I would have apologized. Like she, It's this solid sort of wall of text of her sort of very desperate, very pleading um, mm-hmm. with him um, talking about what happened with the with the tenadiers talking about the fact that she she drinks but she she does it because of misery, not because of how it does the mind. If he had seen what her wardrobe looked like before she was in circumstances, the circumstances that she is, he would see that she wasn't she wasn't um, the phrase is a light woman leading a disorderly life. So she wasn't like um, someone who was sleeping around and not staying in front in on top of her job or organisation, as it were. But she had clean, decent linen, plenty of it. So it's sort of saying, like, I. There are problematic things in there. Mm. Like, even if she had been someone who did that, she also gets to live and be treated fairly. Mm. But she's uh, she's appealing to his. Better judgment, were, basically, to his to his pity. Um,
0: there was another moment like that in the one of the last chapters that we read last time, of um, Fontine when she read the letter about the medicine, and mm. she went outside, and she was laughing hysterically, and she was like, "All oh, those peasants,
1: yeah, um,
0: yeah." I mean, it's a thing that has come up quite a few times mm. with Funtin, that like idea that she still holds herself above other people yeah.
1: Mm. definitely, yeah with the um with her hair in the last in the last one, like the way that she's holds that is something that she's still like she still gets to put her hair up and that sort of mm. thing, and like
0: not that she's not going through
1: terrible circumstances <laughs> like, yeah also it, it ties in a little to you know she gets the furniture like she became used to living in a certain way
0: mm.
1: when she was living with. Ptolemais, and you know getting taking all the furniture out on a on a loan Mm. before Mm -hmm. she's actually been able to pay for it and that sort of thing like this like um, she aggrandizes herself in certain ways and like there are that is part of the character mm. Mm.
0: but then that's interesting because she's not like mm. she's still not a pure innocent character yeah. mm-hmm. that she is made out to be of like yeah. the holier than thou Yeah, not holier than thou but like mm. in, in the literal form of the sense of like she is a little
1: bit holier than thou like yeah, she exactly, is yeah. Yeah.
0: and like she, like with the bishop when they're portrayed as being like pure and innocent mm. like holy Just people mm. Mm. whereas when you actually like read into the characters and Fontaine is like a pretty selfish Mm. i mean mm, selfish is quite a loaded word but like has class prejudices Mm. and bishop muriel was still like dealing with the fact that he was aristocratic um and like wasn't a perfect person and Mm. did a lot of things
1: because he had a lot of guilt
0: yeah it's really interesting to find Mm. that
1: those flaws addressed
0: yeah like and
1: and held accountable in an yeah. interesting way. Yeah. Like with the bishop choosing to give away the silver when he gets that chance and mm-hmm. things like that of like yeah, seeing that guilt and how different people deal with that guilt is quite mm-hmm. interesting.
0: And the fact of like you can still care about these characters even though they're not leading perfect lives yeah. or are perfect yeah. people.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I imagine it's offer it's there as well for the reader. Yeah. Like the the like to make a character relatable is like right you, the like here are things that you can still be doing to, like work towards being a better person mm-hmm. whilst having these like having these prejudices like you can you it is your job to work on those like it's mm-hmm. not just people who are perfect. Mm-hmm yeah she she begs him, and the description is you know with her her bosom half bread bed, her hands clasped together, her face wet with tears, and the vo- the words that poured out in a low heartrending flow broken by that small dry cough and there's a sort of a description of her and like in her grief and agony, she is transformed into something beautiful again, which I think is quite a unusual sort of a strange choice that I haven't quite sort of worked out mm. what. It means it's um, yeah. The extremity of grief sheds its own awful radiance to transform even the most abject. At that moment, bending forward to press the hem of of the policeman's greatcoat to her lips, Fontaine was beautiful again. She might have melted a heart of stone, but nothing can melt a heart of wood.
0: These were a really great piece of art the other day. I know mm-hmm. this is a really bad chapter for Javert. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a really bad... I mean, canon Javert. Yeah. Canon yeah, Javert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. were a really good post um, uh, artwork. I'll try and find it. Where it was um, Javert with... Faujon had his hand on Javert's heart mm. and plants are growing from it. Uh, as in The wooden yeah, heart. Yeah. That was cute. And I like that.
1: <laughs>
0: this I will accept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: She yeah, she, be- she begs him for mercy and, and he does not offer it. And as she is being dragged away by two other policemen and he turns her back on her. Um, a few minutes previously, a man had ended. LAUGHTER <laughs> closing the door behind him as he remained with his back to it, listening to Fontaine's despairing plea. Now, while the men were trying to drag her to her feet, he emerged from the shadows and said, One moment, if you please.
2: (laughs) He was literally waiting for a dramatic entrance. He makes that magic happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. he he puts the work in, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Javert turned around and saw that it was Monsieur (laughs) Maddox. Um, the words like hearing his words has a a remarkable effect on on fontaine she plants herself in front of the mayor and spits at his face and yeah javert loses shit (laughs) um uh, monsieur Madeleine wipes the, the spit from his from his face and um says inspector javert this woman can go free um and this is where javert just like shuts down (laughs) absolutely cannot deal with it Um, he felt for a moment like he was going mad he was was beset by confusion of the most violent emotions he had ever experienced in his life (laughs) to see a woman of the town spit in the face of the mayor was a thing so monstrous that even in his wildest imaginings he could not have dared to think it possible So yeah, he's he's just absolutely completely losing his shit, he doesn't know how to deal with it at all. Um Fantine is is also astounded. Um, but she has she having heard someone say this woman will go free, she because she has such a strong view of the mayor, she in her mind attributes it to Javert, to his art Javert must have said this because the mayor mm. is a terrible man who hates me and I hate him. To go free, and she's is saying, Ah oh, that she must have misheard it. Like this monster, the mayor could have, couldn't have said it." And she starts to talk about um, the things that she has suffered because of the actions of the mayor. Like that, she was a, an honest working girl and um, has been turned away because of things that she couldn't control. And even though she, you know, she started working stitching these shirts for twelve sous, but it was cut down because she was working for this um, the the um, prison. The person who was controlling the prison labor um and could cut down the the wages in in that way and um talking about all, how all of things that he has direct control over have affected her in this in this terrible way um and then saying um you know ah oh, uh, you said uh monsieur javert that i could go you know you can ask people about me you can ask my landlord i'm paying regularly now they say i'm honest monsieur madeline asks her how much money she owes like he looks in his purse and sees that it's empty Assumedly, the Im- the implication is that, on the way there, he's probably yeah, given, given money to to other people. Um, Ask how much he owes. <laughs> Fontine, whose words had been so- addressed solely to Gervais, swung round upon him. Am I talking to you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: which i feel like you know the um Cosette, i don't know what to say then make no sound <laughs> like it's in the same you can see where Cosette got that from. <laughs> she turns on madeline and calls him a brute and and says um you know you've come here to frighten me but i'm not afraid of you i'm only afraid of um monsieur javert good monsieur javert
0: and she was like, That's a word that's never been. No, never
1: fucking once. Yeah. <laughs> she she talks further about what um about, you know, how if she if she goes free she will she'll you know she he won't have to see her again, even, you know, she'll take whatever people give her and she won't make any trouble about it her demeanor has sort of slowed and it's gone from this very desperate very sort of like clenched begging to like this quite sort of gentle gentle speech um, um only this time you see it hurt me that lump of snow that i wasn't expecting and so i lost my temper i'm not very well like i said i cough a lot and it's as it's as though i have a lump burning inside me it's just here you can feel for yourself you could don't be afraid and she takes Javert's hand and presses it against her throat, and um, then very suddenly gets up and shakes out, shakes out her skirts, and goes to the door to let herself out. And says, oh, "The inspector says I can go, so I'm going." And as she puts her hand on the latch, it's like Javert like breaks out of his stupor, pretty much, and um, turns on turns on the sergeant and says, "You know, how can you let this woman? Um, how can you not stop this woman from leaving? Like you can see, she's trying to get out." Uh, who said you could let her go? And Madeline, d- I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Fantine, there's lots of like Fontaine being like, oh, but you said, but you said. <laughs> like, um, she finally internalizes the fact that it was Madeline who spoke and um, she is trying to understand what is happening. Javert's like, what's going on? And it's very unbalanced in all of this nonsense. Um, <laughs> it's a very lame scene yeah. in that it, like, people don't understand what's going on and draw very strange conclusions from what's going on <laughs> in a very lay miz sort of way. Like, you know, they're like, ah, oh, he just must have sort of forgotten that the mayor was there. <laughs> like, you know, just stuff like that. And i like, What? Like how? <laughs> like which just seems like a very Victor Hugo thing. Where mm-hmm. he just sometimes it's just like and someone drew a really strange conclusion from this. Yeah, when um, Madeline says I did um Police Inspector Javert was seen to turn towards him, pallid and blue-lipped, his whole body seized with a faint tremor, hit with lowered eyes, but in a firm voice he was said to make the unprecedented reply, Monsieur Le Maire, that cannot be allowed. Madeleine says, yes, I'm very honourable and I'm ready to explain my <laughs> actions. And what he has done is, was um, he saw the whole thing happened um, and stayed to talk to lots of the, to the officers and find out the accounts of, of what happened and says, mm-hmm. you know, by law... Um, it was the gentleman that should have been arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, the respectable citizen, was at was at fault in Chauveau's bar, but she insulted you as well, the mayor of this town, and uh, that is my affair," said Madeleine. "An insult to me may be said to be my property. I can do with it what I like. <laughs> um, it's just it's some good bandying of words <laughs> here, in a way that I really appreciate. If you'll forgive me, Monsieur le Maire, the insult was not to yourself, but to justice. Monsieur <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it's just such a it's such an anime line (laughs) (laughs) that i just really appreciate um conscience is the highest justice i heard what the woman said i know what i'm doing it just yeah this goes on for a little while (laughs) um madeline uh, ends up with she will not she will not serve a single day in prison then they, they start fucking Fucking, fucking. (laughs) right man. Well, I was gonna say was they start fucking measuring dicks, but like (laughs) you took it in a different way. Um, they start doing the like, they start trying to one up each other on on authority and like like um Javert plays his like like plays his power move and does the like. Like I am. Um, this is my jurisdiction. I saw what happened. Like, I am holding this woman that like um, strange thing happens. Strange things happen in the world. But this is a matter of police regulations and comes within my pro- province. I am holding the woman, Fantine. Of um, at this, Monsieur Madeleine folded his arms and said in a voice that had never been heard in this town. Mm. The regulations you refer to are affecting the municipal police under Articles 9, 11, 15, and 66 of the Criminal Code. I have authority over them. I order you to release this woman. But, Monsieur le Maire, and let me remind you of Article 81 of the Law of the 13th of December 1799, dealing with arbitrary detention. Allow me, Monsieur le Maire, that's enough. But kindly leave the post, said Monsieur Matavet. Javert received this body blow standing as rigidly as a Russian, <laughs> Russian soldier bowing low to the mare. he turned left he turned and left. Ponteen moved away before the door to let him pass and stared at him in stupefaction as, as he did so. I do not remember that happening. It's <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It's so good. I love it. It's just, like, it's all this just, like, bouncing backwards and forwards. Oh, I have the right. I have the right. And then he's, like, plays his final card. It's like, I am the police officer here. He's, <laughs> <laughs> like, but if you have read the law. <laughs> Which, again,
0: like, it's written down. So, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm he's he's learned and now he can use it again the whole thing with ice earlier this year and like immigration mm-hmm. and people like, knowing your it, rights yeah, exactly. yeah. and apparently mm-hmm. like, it was like oh yeah the amount of arrests went down to basically zero because people knew their rights and were like it's legal for me to be here
1: yeah
0: and so i just couldn't do anything about it and it was like wow that's wild huh when you yeah. educate people about what their rights are you can
2: really change how society works yeah. and mm-hmm. jean valjean's going to take knowing the law very seriously at this point yeah, yeah
1: yeah but that like and that comes from like a community thing as well like it's mm. it, it's people who have access to that knowledge in the community taking that and spreading it mm. to people who won't have had the opportunity or the access to um accessibility of language in loads of different mm. ways to that information and making sure that people can can do it and that is like more or less what monsieur Maire is doing here
2: mm. i imagine it like a phoenix right yeah <laughs> yeah
1: literally that's literally what i was thinking it's of. <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking wild Fontine is is having a little bit of trouble dealing with the whole situation yeah. that's happening here, which is honestly that, <laughs> <bad>. that's <version laughs> through the door. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you'd read <laughs> Article Thirty-One. <laughs> like, I can't even write my name, I rake. she She had found herself to be an object of dispute between these two opposed powers. She had witnessed a conflict between two men who held her liberty in her hands, her very life and that of her child. One sought to drag her deeper into darkness, the other to restore her to light. The two contestants, in the heightened vision of her terror, seemed like giants, one speaking with the voice of a demon, the other with the tones of an angel. The angel had won and what had caused her to tremble from head to foot was the fact that the rescuing angel was the man she had, bo- she, she had aboard, the abominable mayor who for so long she had regarded with, as the author of her troubles. I don't know, I just like the, uh, you can sort of imagine how in like an animated film this sort of scene would be stylized in the sort of thing of like, the, you can imagine them sort of both growing mm. into silhouettes in the sort of thing with her like in the centre like the idea of these things that she can't touch that she can't understand of like of such greater power than her in a way that she absolutely can't access enough that she would see them like the idea from the scene that I get is like an angel and a demon speaking like because one is fighting for her and one is fighting Mm. to drag her deeper but it's also untouchable to her Mm. like it is happening and just something that she can't she can't Mm. touch at all
0: again interesting because of what we were saying in the last couple of chapters with Javert and Valjean having their own hang-ups about not being part of society and that like being untouched or things being untouchable for them Mm. and Javert finding other like higher positions of authority so like mystical was it I think it was mystical Mm. and yeah Valjean like having to educate himself because didn't he he doesn't know how to interact with society Mm. and that these two people who are so like caught up in their own stuff like don't look down yeah Mm. and that like there's another like layer below Mm. them who look Mm -hmm. at these two people and obviously don't know their stories and is like wow these two untouchable humans who are like a demon and an angel
1: there's, it's something that it makes me think of as well in quite an interesting way. Is do you remember right when uh, Valjean speaks to Muriel the first time? He talks about it being strange talking to a curé as someone who is real and tangible and touchable mm. because the last time he had he had heard religious people speak was I think it was there was a bishop um, who had seemed like almost like a glowing statue from miles mm. and miles and miles away that he was nowhere near and could just about hear, and the way that he spoke was. Just seems so alien, and it feels very like that. There's a lot of comparison drawn, I think, between the situation that Fantine is in and the situation that Valjean has been in. Mm. Like there seems to be lots and lots of parallels being drawn.
2: She's also ba- basically described her as like unpersoned at this point. Yeah, that she's not even. Yeah, she's not only not society, but I can't remember the exact line, like a ch- paragraph or two back, but. Mm. Yeah, that she's not even a person.
1: She crouched down in the corner of the room, motionless, and silent, huddled like a frightened animal. Um, yeah, um, she he had saved her after she had so outrageously insulted him, um, and she starts to think that maybe she could have she could have been wrong about what she thought she thought about the mayor. And um, with every word that he's speaking, she can sort of feel her her hatred starting to sort of melt away. Uh, the knot of hatred does began to dissolve within her while a new feeling took its place heartwarming and inexpressible a sense of deliverance, trust and love and that is like that has got to be receiving the candles, receiving mm. the um, the candlesticks like it's it's having that sense of humanity mm. given back by someone in a position of power over you mm. choosing to do something good and kind for you mm. um, it takes longer for Valjean because it takes f- until the crossroads scene for him to really internalize it. But
0: mm. it's interesting, like because we were saying how similar the Fontaine and mm. Jean Valjean story are. But like at this period, and probably like even now, it is easier for Jean Valjean to have escaped his identity and risen to the rank of mayor. Fontaine could never ever have done that. Mm. Even though he is like so underclassed and so like put down, he's still a man, presumably white, who has privileges in the ability to like blend in with so much of society that he can fake being the mayor of a town. Even as much as he doesn't want it Mm. and as much as he is surprised about it, he can still learn from books and not get into this position.
1: Yeah, and that's I think elevated, emphasised by what happens in the in the the last couple of paragraphs of this chapter. Madeline um, starts to speak to her, and it's sort of a little bit stumbling and and halting, because, with the sort of the impression that he's um, trying to hold back hold back tears, saying that he didn't know that she had left his employment. Um, asked why she didn't come to him and appeal for for what had happened, um, he says that he'll pay her debts, arrange for her for Cosette to be brought here, said you could live here or you can live in Paris you don't need to work if you don't have to I will make sure that you, if you will always have money let me assure um, um, you will become honest again within being happy again but let me assure you of this that if it has all been as you say and I do not doubt it then you have been nothing but virtuous and chaste in the eyes of God Fontaine sort of starts to think over this, to have Cosette to escape from her present life, to be free and cared for, happy and honest with Cosette. This prospect of paradise in the depths of her misery was too much for her. She could only gaze mutely at the man addressing her and with little whimpering cries. Her legs gave way beneath her. She fell on the knee, on her knees before Monsieur Madeline and before she could prevent it, had taken his hand and pressed it, pressed it to her lips. Then she fainted. But I think that is that thing. It's like she gets a chance of redemption, cannot take it. Like mm-hmm. it's not she doesn't have the same opportunities that he has, and this is made very literal, literally by the fact that she, like this isn't to the point where she dies, but it is where that like, she goes unconscious, and you know this is the beginning of what is assumedly tuberculosis mm-hmm. and will kill her.
0: Interesting as well, the idea of like. I did it I think it said you don't have to work if you don't want to. Yeah. Which is like mm-hmm. a really interesting communist kind of mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, very of much. Like, yeah. yeah, you don't have to work if you don't want to. Mm. It's not you'll never have to work again, woman. It's like you can work if you want. Yeah. I wonder what the French the actual French says, but that's yeah. an interesting thought.
1: Mm. Also the idea of um you will become honest again in being happy again.
0: Mm. Which
1: is interesting like because it's something that like coming from him
0: mm.
1: is means a lot it's not just like some fucking rich person sitting there like.
0: I mean, especially rich coming from someone who's never, I don't think the Jean Rajon is happy mm.
1: Yeah.
0: which is, I mean, that would be an interesting thing to see if his goal is to become happy because I don't think it is I don't, he still I don't think he will ever allow himself him yeah. all
2: mm.
0: the way up to the end I mean, mm. signing himself to death, literally so like... <laughs> Come on, John, come on. look at yourself yeah. first before you
2: give yeah. help to others yeah. but like but yeah. it kind of feels like that he has made that decision mm. that like mm. him saying like you will become virtuous through happiness
1: you will become honest again and being happy again yeah
2: mm. that he knows he could be happy in the position uh. that he's put himself in so he's maybe mm. speaking from so that she wouldn't know but he's speaking from experience of like I can get you to a point where you will be happy He's chosen for himself not to let himself be happy mm. but he knows that he's in a position that he could be and the like future setting himself to death like it very much my read of him yeah. is that he's not unaware he's decided that for himself like mm. he's decided not to be happy mm.
0: I mean he decided to be celibate as well mm. yeah and like Yeah, has made a lot of decisions to, like, live his life in a certain way.
2: Yeah.
1: I wonder if there's, like, like that goes even a step further in the you will become honest again in being happy again. So honesty follows happiness. Mm. Like, it's not even necessarily even as much just he will not allow himself to be happy again. He does not see that, like, he doesn't see himself as honest. Mm. Like, he is living... He is, he is living. a lie. And then yeah. this like will tie in even more to like mm. the fact that when Javert comes with saying, Ah, um. oh, we have found two four six oh one like he he is not honest, so how can he be happy? Mm. Like he's not happy, so how can he be
2: honest? Yeah. Like, but that he can do that for her. Yeah. Where he can't for himself. Yeah.
1: Because he's a fucker. <laughs> that is the that is the end of that we begin next book 6 Ooh. of volume 1 <laughs> book 6 is called Javot.
2: <laughs> we've come to the point that i opened the first discussion of in the first episode of the podcast Man. that this the scene in the snow with the woman being sort of attacked mm. by a man and then taken to the police that was based on a real situation yeah. that Victor Hugo yeah. experienced but where Jean Jean, actually so Jean because I remember we reading that and we were like oh he Victor Hugo had to sit at the window looking in mm. like those fucking soldier boys mm. um, and be like oh am i going to get involved mm, i don't know Jean Valjean was lurking until the opportune moment, like mm. it, he was waiting in the shadows mm. until he could be like
1: full effect! act yeah, yeah there's also there's like a lot of condemnation of the people who were like sitting watching that, like mm. the um the sightseers who stood on tiptoe and craned their necks in order to follow the proceedings, the like sentence that follows it, curiosity is a form of gluttony to see is to devour mm. like he's talking about himself
2: yeah, yeah.
0: self-flagellation right
1: like.
2: i mean yeah. fairly in yeah, that, yeah it's like
0: real, real.
1: very fairly
2: and you could i think fairly comfortably argue victor hugo the man yeah based on how he reacted to the situation maybe feels some guilt that he didn't that he even had to weigh that up mm. so in creating this character was like this is how i wish this went down because mm. he did like waiting for his moment, but. He, well, we, but we, then we don't get Jean Valjean's internal monologue. But based on, I guess, the Jean Valjean that we kind of know at this point, mm. we can probably assume he w- w- this is who he wants to be, is someone mm. that's like, I'm going to help people Decisive,
1: out. Mm. yeah. We
2: are coming up to a, like, a very
0: long part of Jean Valjean's internal monologue. Mm. and oh, Who's the person who wrote Middlemarch? George?
2: Oh, God. The... Elliot.
0: <laughs> Elliot. George Elliot, yeah. Mm. When she reviewed Les Mis... oh
2: god, yeah, I've got that. Was
0: like, oh, I hated this novel. Everything about it yeah. was shit, apart from this one monologue, <gasps> which was okay. <laughs> 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 Fucking ballad, <valid.
2: laughs> honestly. Ballad. I'll find valid. That in time for the monologue. Yeah. But, yeah. no, I remember reading that review.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting, though. Like, like coming back to that thing that came right from the beginning, mm. seeing what the actual scene is.
0: Yeah, this will probably this will <gasps> probably be the episode. Where it will mark our second year anniversary. Ah,
2: Let's re examine Oh, I've got something else prepped for the special (laughs) (laughs) Why we could re examine that whole thing. I'll read it out to you all.
1: We're already so self-indulgent. We can't back, go back and <laughs> listen to our first episode and be like, "Let's re-examine what we thought about things."
2: <laughs> no, I thought oh, I meant re-examine. Oh, that, that sort. Whole, that yeah. scene, because now we know how it actually went down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this has been from Marika's Lamest Podcast, produced by Me and Martin and Julian. Yep, it was Captain's Collections Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or quibbles, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com L-E-S-M-I-S podcast. Or you can send us a DM on Twitter at podcast or on Tumblr at Bren Brackets. Our audio direction is by Jade, who you can find at jdwasabi, or on her website, jdwasabi.com If you have any spare cash floating around, we would really appreciate you donating to our ko uh, it's in the show notes. We would really appreciate anything that you can throw in our direction because we are but poor, penniless people.
1: You can be an angel who is dragging us to the light. <laughs> <laughs> so dragging us drag into us in darkness. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, yeah, for thanks. thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And Thank you. the <laughs>
0: but you said abominable fuck abominable Mm. and uh, Hugh Jackman was in a a film about fucking uh, Bigfoot so that's all I can take away from this from
2: a a bear resting in to an abominable man
1: (laughs) (laughs) monster fuckers monster fuckers